You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family. Love in the Church, part three, today. Ben's going to be sharing with us out of 1 John. If you haven't listened to the first two yet, we really encourage you to go back and listen to those before you jump into today's. So Cassidy, today's uh, today's devotional podcast for me um, really sort of developed from the question you asked yesterday, you know, about how do we love when it's hard to love? And so I want to share some things from 1 John chapter 4 as, as really the source of our love. You know, we've already seen Jesus as the foundation and the motivation, but where does it come from? How do I get the strength to love when it's tough? And I'll read a couple of verses from 1 John chapter 4. Love to have any thoughts that you mm-hmm. feel like you want to share. So in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, Dear friends, let us love one another. Love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Verse 8 is heavy. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So verse 8 is pretty strong, and it's a clear reminder that the first step of having divine love for our sisters and brothers in the church is, man, do you know the Lord? Mm. Like, have you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and allowed him to redeem you? Have you received the work of the cross? And it makes sense to me that without without receiving the work of the cross and without inviting the work of God's Spirit, which we call salvation, to be Mm -hmm. born again, to be adopted into God's family— um, it's going to be hard to muster up love. You're going to be doing the best you can in your own strength. But the first thing that I want to share with our church family today is that your ability to love well in the church began the day that you asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior and walked to the mm-hmm. waters of baptism to show the world that you'd been cleansed by the love of Jesus by his death on the cross and his resurrection. So the, the first thing I would say is if you look up today and you say, I don't love people and I can't love people. It's just not who I am. I would throw the flag and I'd say, time out. That's, that's, a, that's a red flag. That's a real yeah. problem. Um, love's not an option in Christianity. And I don't say that to judge anybody. I do want to scare us a little bit. Like if you, if you just want to look up and say, I'm not a loving person, be very, very careful. Because in 1 John chapter 4, John warns that if you don't love, like if you can't make a decision to treat people with favor, to treat them as well as you would treat yourself, if you can't love your neighbor, if you can't love your enemy, if you want to make a list of people you're going to choose not to love, the love of God's not in you. Mm-hmm. And so the ability to love begins at conversion. And the reason for that um, is because that's when the Spirit of God begins to transform us. Now, one of the things that I found about uh, sanctification, and so for our Carterville kids who are listening to the podcast on your way to school or whatever, sanctification is a big and fancy word, just to talk about the process that begins when you give your life to God, it ends when you die and go to be with the Lord, or when Jesus comes back. And sanctification is that whole process where God is making us more like Jesus, making us holy, where he's helping us turn away from sin and selfishness and to live more into the image of Jesus Christ. 
So that sanctification process begins when the Spirit of God begins regeneration in our hearts. In other words, when you're born again, when your sins are washed away, more happens than just your own cleansing. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Spirit of God comes over you and begins to grant you spiritual gifts and begins to help you grow in Christ. And I would say, for our topic today, begins to empower you to love people well, to love better Mm -hmm. than you can in your own strength. But the thing about sanctification is that it seems that sanctification is is one part of our faith in which our obedience to God becomes paramount, absolutely key. Our salvation, like when God redeems us, that is 100% the work of God's Spirit. Like, I didn't save myself by good works. I was saved totally because of the grace of God and the work of Jesus Christ. All I did was receive the gift He gave, right? Well, the day that I am the day that I'm what we call glorified in Scripture, the day that, that I'm transformed, that I go to be with God, either on my death or on His return, that's totally the, the grace of God. That's absolutely 100% His work. But this process of sanctification, it seems to me that, number one, we cannot do it at all without God's Spirit working inside us. It's not just your best effort. But on the other hand, you have to cooperate with God. I think the, the New Testament is filled with commands to do this don't do that. You know, choose to love, choose not to hate. Choose to forgive. Don't 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 judge. You know, the Bible's full of commands that teach us how to engage our sanctification process, to join with God in the work that he's doing. And in 1 John chapter 4, when the scripture tells us that God is love and you if you don't know love, you don't know God, like it's a reminder to me that the reason for that is because the ability to love is born in the heart of God and in his spirit inside you. So, if you are having a hard time loving well, it it might mean that you've never given your life to Christ in the first place, but if you look up and say, "No, no, no, Ben, trust me. I I know that I have given control of my life to Jesus Christ. I've asked for salvation." I belong to God. I've been adopted into his family. My name is written in his book. That's not that's not the problem. Well, then the second step for diagnosing you, I think I would say, all right, well, then have you been saying no to the work of God's spirit? Um, and so the solution for that is if we're having a hard time loving our neighbor, maybe it's because we've simply said no. Because as God has tried to work in us in his spirit, we've put limits on what we will let him change, on how we'll let him manifest himself in us. And so 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, when John calls us to love one another, he reminds us that love comes from God. And he says that everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. So as we're getting to know God better after our salvation, let him through his spirit change you and teach you to love. Some of that starts by saying yes when he tells you to love and make a decision. And a lot of that, I think, is born in prayer when you beg God for the strength to love well, but don't make excuses and recognize that the source of this is God himself. It's his character. In fact, we say all the time, God is love. And this is the verse that we're quoting when we say it. I want to read a couple more verses just to show what this looks like. Verse 9, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So the 
example of love in 1 John. It's been Jesus. It's been his work on the cross. And here it's presented from the heart of God the Father who sent his son to redeem us. In other words, love is giving. It was God's decision to come and get us, to be proactive towards us and for us. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So the basis for us loving each other in the church was that God has already loved you first. And you ask yourself a question, to what extent did God love us? How far did he go? And the answer is that he he sent Christ to the cross to redeem us. Well, if I look in the mirror then, to what extent should I go to love my sister and brother in the church? And the same answer is the same, that I should give and there is no limit. My love is a reflection of the divine love of God that's inside me. And I know what that love looks like. It sent Christ to the cross. So how will I, Philippians chapter 2, think of others as better than myself? Like how will I love and serve the way God has loved and served? How will I provide and protect? And Cassidy, church family, you know, I want to encourage that that's not natural to us. We're selfish, prideful creatures. We need God's Spirit to change us from the inside out. But the good news of the gospel is that's exactly how our transformation happens. We've just got to join God in His good work. Let His character work inside us. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. Verse 12. How powerful is that to think about the love of God being made complete in us? Not only that He sent Christ out of love and that we received it, but now that we love each other and extend His love throughout the entire cosmos that He's redeeming. Let's make God's love complete. Let's learn to love one another. I want to skip forward a little bit. Verse 19, we love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Powerful verse. Mm -hmm. For whoever does not love their sister or brother whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. First John's super clear. Love is a non-negotiable in the church. And so I just want to cast a vision for Carterville and for our sisters and brothers all around the Pine Belt. Like, let's be Christians who prioritize love. God is love. Let him work inside you to give you the ability to love. Let's love our sister and brother. I would love for God's love to characterize our church family. And I believe that we've always been a loving church. I'm thrilled about that. And I hope that anybody who walks into the doors of our church would feel that immediately. But I just want to challenge us as a church family. Today, learn to love well. No more excuses. No more limitations. Ask God to teach us to love our neighbor, to love our sister, to love our brother, and let the love of God be made complete as the work of Christ is extended through us. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, if you're if you're blessed by what you're hearing today, if it's encouraging to you, I just want to encourage you to share this podcast episode with some friends who might also be encouraged by what we're sharing in First John.